You're listening to the Athletically Declined Sports Podcast. Content for the fans, by the fans. Please like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And go check us out on all other major social media platforms where you can stay up to date on all things happening athletically declined sports. This is the Roundtable, where we bring together all the athletically declined sports team under one show. Enjoy. What is going on, guys? This is Athletically Declined, and man, what a week. I'm here with my boy, Mr. James West of Red Shirt Year and of Wild Wild West Sports. James, thank you so much for being here, brother. Oh, of course, Tyler. Thank you for inviting me. Just like to say, as he mentioned, Red Shirt Year Episode 2 is out on YouTube. I haven't got confirmation about the audio podcast yet, but I know that'll be out sooner than later. Uh, Tyler, man, have you seen Episode 2, man? I have. There's a lot of hot takes in it, bro. I love it. And it also is up on Spotify because I actually listened to it today. So it is up. There we go. Hey, then we're hey, then we're up on Spotify. Tyler, oh. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. It's very, very good. If you guys are fans of sports, uh, college football sports, then uh, y'all are going to love it because going down 2014 to 2022, uh, uh, college football playoff winners and ranking those guys and can't argue with number one, bro. There ain't no arguing. No argument with number one. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I, it, trust me, as an Alabama fan, I don't want to put this team up as number one, but I had to. So, guys, just for you, I know for all of our listeners, like typically on Mondays when we do the roundtable, but man, our boy James is freaking one of our most, one of my favorite people on our shows. I love getting to talk to James. Me and James talk all the time about it. James, for those you don't know, is one of the few that aren't actually here like in texas so don't really like we're always on like different schedules so i wanted to make sure like we got james in here because james has got some great stuff again if you're not following wild west sports please make sure you're checking out with him and spencer because they're killing it and with that being said we're giving you guys a little round table extras for those of you who like the round table it's gonna be me and james and we're gonna break down a little bit of nfc East in the AFC East post-draft specifically we're going to get into the Eagles the Jets and then kind of look at what that looks like right James like the, mm-hmm. the draft changed some things bro your boy Howie did it again he did so it again. let's just let's just start bro let's go and get into the meat and potatoes of it Philadelphia Eagles yeah so like you said the meat Basically starting off in the first round, drafting Jalen Carter number nine when at first most boards had him at number one, of course, off-field issues with the legal stuff. Hey, I I don't get into it, but hey, at least Howie and, you know, Nick Sirianni, they've already stuck up for Jalen Carter after his draft uh, press conference. But then getting Nolan Smith at 30 when most people had him projected 13 to 15, you know, I had them the winners of night one. And then, of course, uh, round two, you know, or technically it was round three. Round three, you know, position needs at offensive line with Tyler Sneed and then safety at Sidney Brown because, of course, since C.J. Garner-Johnson's now with Detroit. Then, of course, fourth round, I thought we could have got him at the third, but then cornerback Keely Ringo, another, you know, position need that, you know, we'll need in two years because we both have Slay and Bradbury for only two more years. And then – 
I will say I was a little shocked with the sixth round pick draft in Stanford quarterback Tanner McKee. Of course, he the the size and build is is what you know everyone likes about him. But I was shocked because you know we got Marcus Mariota as a backup, we got Jalen. I'm surprised right. we didn't find someone more in the Philadelphia wheelhouse. I thought we could have got you know maybe another offensive lineman at the sixth round. We could have got someone else, but it's okay. And then seventh round, we got another defensive lineman from Texas. So we're, you know, as I've always said, you know, the Eagles only been to two Super Bowls, you know, since two, you know, since like 2006, I'm going to say, because I know McNabb and them were there that one year. But after that one, they've only been to two and they've lived and died off the trenches, the offensive line, defensive linemen. And I like what I've seen from. Philadelphia, I'll give them I'll give them an A, even though of course you can see the shirt. I'm very biased, but you know, they Along went with it, bro. They, they went and got best player available and position needs, so I cannot be upset. So one thing that I really appreciated about the Eagles and you know, how let's just be honest, bro. Like is there's nobody better at GM wise than Howie right now. I mean no I'm also biased because my boy JD JD Joe Douglas uh, he is a, uh, I guess you want to say a Howie guy. He comes from that tree. And, uh, so there was a lot of hype for my boy JD coming into the jets and man, let me tell you something like he is not like disappointed, but again, how do you get it wrong when you come from Howie? I, I mean, know it's, it's just, it, but not to kind of really harp on that, but what I want to talk about here is the, is the, you know, not including the drafting, right? But oh. looking at the trade they made for getting uh, Swift, right? Like, I think yeah. that's a very underrated thing. Because if I remember correctly, the, y'all only traded a fifth rounder. Is, yeah, is was, that correct? It was, like, very minimal picks. Nothing nothing above the third round, which, you know, of course, is great, you know, because, you know, you can find you can find a you know, gym in the ground. And right now, Swift was looking on the outs of Detroit with, you know, Jamar Gibbs getting drafted. Of course, you saw the production from what Jamal Williams gave you. Of course, now he's right. in the Saints. So it was, and of course, as everyone's thrown up on Twitter from the Eagles, I think all four of our Eagles running backs are getting paid combined less than what Miles Sanders is at Carolina. So, right. you know, a lot of people don't like a, a committee, but then again, if, hey, as I always think, if you can get, let's say, 40 yards a game, 50 yards a game from four different running backs, that's 160 to 200 yards plus Jalen Hurts. I haven't even included. So yeah, you're gonna get a lot of yards from Jalen being, uh, you know, the dual threat that he is. I think oh, yeah. having Swift, you know, Swift is to me like dude's a little bowling ball. Like I just feel like that that's that's exactly what 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 they what you guys needed, and I think that that fills a hole. And I think honestly, I think you'll probably see a more productive running back. Um, group moving forward than with yeah. Miles Sanders. That's just my prediction. I think Miles Sanders is too streaky, and I think that he relies too much on the blocking versus his own natural ability. I just don't think Miles Sanders is very good between between the tackles. I, that's just my opinion. Don't at me on it, but it just seems that he gets caught up there, right? Um, just mm-hmm. he's not one of these shifty guys that we have seen come out and become successful in some of these other teams uh, from the running back position, at least. And you, you, you make a great point because if you, you know, look at it, yeah, of course, sometimes miles was out because of health, but then you look at it last year was his career year, mm-hmm. you know, like he's been with us for a while. He's, you know, he's been with different quarterbacks on this team and, mm-hmm. you know, his last year was his career. Now, of course you can say, you know, Hey, he's peaking, he's getting to his prime, but you know, 
Philly, Philly got Philly got good use out of him, I guess, for the time. Sure. Now, hey, now it's now it's Swift. <laughs> so let me ask you this: as an Eagles fan, you you've seen, you know, you can now be a little even more realistic with Miles not being there. Do you feel like there's a correlation between like his Miles Sanders? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's Penn State guy. And, yes. and if I'm not mistaken, he is was the heir to the throne from uh, Saquon. Yes. Mm-hmm. So do you think given that, you know, Penn State produced Saquon and then you had Miles Sanders come up next and there be because there was some hype around Miles Sanders coming, oh, coming yeah. behind him. Saquon, you, Saquon gave him the hype. Yeah, he said, hey, right. you know, I was good. The guy behind me is better. Yeah, I remember that. So do you think that there in that there is a lot more that was riding on his, I guess, hype coming in to maybe come in and produce and that Penn State kind of got that little, oh, well, you know, and, and I guess what I'm asking is, did maybe Miles Sanders get a little bit more of a higher grade than what maybe he should have because of where he came from and who he was behind? Oh, uh, you could definitely add that, you know, to that. I mean, it's kind of like in similar to the Alabama, you know, mm-hmm. you had Damian Harris, but then Josh Jacobs was behind him. And, you know, you've seen how that happened. And of course, he, I think he got drafted first round that that year as well. And he was just behind him and then you also had other guys behind Derrick Henry you know when freaking when we had when we had TJ Yeldon you know who was electric at Alabama you know Josh Jacobs you know he had his electric year last year and of course he's been very productive of the Raiders but like you said is it him or is it because he came out of Alabama behind someone so it's the same thing with Miles you know like do you know even even last year with the production miles gave you know i don't have a list in front of me but i know i wouldn't have had miles sanders as a top five maybe top seven maybe top maybe top 10 running back depending i gotta see a list but you know hey i like where he's at in carolina be able to help bryce young be able to take some take some pressure off of him and then we'll see what happens but i do i do agree that those things do happen you know so, so let's look to, let's kind of move on here, James, to kind of yeah. like, I guess, more so dissecting this NFC East uh, post-draft, right? So, yeah. because I want to get in on kind of like realistic expectations, uh, but before we do that, I think we got to know who are we up against, right? Like, what, what, did, what did everybody else do? And, right. uh, you, you know, the, I think biggest rivalry right now you can make a case for is, you know, going to be can you know what is dallas doing i think that's kind of been the thing right it's been mm-hmm. the eagles and dallas so you know dallas with their first pick they end up taking mozzie smith then they take a tight end out of michigan with their second pick and then third pick they get um overshawn yeah. linebacker out of texas which i mean honestly i don't think those are bad picks at all i think you could no. say they address some need and really they got some value and, and for the first time i would actually can't believe i'm say this jerry let the board come to him yeah, yeah. Usually, you know, usually he's always, you know, you know, that one year he almost drafted Johnny Manziel. Luckily, right. <laughs> another Jones stepped yeah. in on that. But no, I'm looking, I'm looking at their draft board. Of course, like you said, they got needs. You know, they, you know, they replaced, you know, Schultz that went to Dallas. I mean, not went to Dallas, went to Houston with an right. you know, with the tight end in the second round, third round. You get, you know, you get line right. You always build in that position. The first round with Mozzie Smith, D line. Like I said. Dallas probably seen what Philly did, and they're like, hey, last year Philly had four guys with 10-plus sacks on sure. the D-line. 
you know, we got to beef up our trenches. Now, I will say there's one pick on here that I'm very upset about. I wanted this guy. I wanted Darren Sproles 2.0. I wanted wanted Deuce Vaughn. I thought he was the guy. That's why, you know, for my Eagles draft boards, I – is everyone wanted Bijan and everyone wanted right. um, Gibbs. I was like, I like those guys. Don't get me wrong, but I see what Deuce Vaughn can do, and you can get him at a later round season. That's why when I seen you know Nolan and Jalen get drafted in the first round, I was like, okay, maybe we can get Deuce Vaughn later. But I didn't know his dad works for the Cowboys. So. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, his dad works for the Cowboys, and then he called him and drafted him. <laughs> Gotcha. And so another thing, too, that we just recently uh, came up is that you've got uh, Micah Parsons moving to defensive end. Yes, I did hear that he's been bulking up. And um, hey, I'm not I'm not doubting the guy's talent. I mean, I will say, though, he might want to line up on the opposite side of Lane Johnson because. He ain't do nothing. Yeah. No, Lane John- <laughs> Lane, hey, Lane Johnson's a wall, baby. Oh, yeah. He's a big wall from Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. But um no, Dallas will be definitely competing at the top spot with Philly. Of course, everyone's going to throw their money on Philly, but if history's ever told you anything, hmm. no one's repeated as the NFC East champion since 0304 Philly. So, yep. if you need some value, throw your money on Dallas. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness. So, so just to kind of move on to, you know, I guess I would say probably the, the biggest riser in this division has been uh, definitely the Giants. And, and they had a really good draft as well. Like, it's yeah. hard to, you know, one thing that we've talked about on the show, if for those of you, of you listeners who haven't um, kept up, is there's a lot of value in this draft. Like, there's yeah. a lot. It's very top heavy on, like, first round talent. But after that, like, your talent drop off is really more pick your, you know, what's your flavor? I don't really think that after the first round, it really got into, now, again, we saw some slippage, right? We saw Brian Branch fall. We saw Joey Porter fall. We saw Ringo fall. Uh, you know, the, the tight ends, like th- that's that's a little different. But when it comes yeah. to, like, the uh, the other talent past what, you know, the first round, we'll say into the, the middle of the second, it was really, you kind of can't go wrong if you're trying to, you know, fill a position and get some good depth. If not, you know, maybe somebody who could potentially be a solid starter in the NFL. Yeah, and you say that. I'm I'm looking at their third their third round pick from Tennessee, the wide receiver, Jalen yep. Hyatt. I wanted Jalen Hyatt as my slot receiver for Philly. Yep. I thought we were going to draft him with the back-to-back third round picks. You know, after watching what Jalen Hyatt Hyatt could did to Alabama and basically all year with Hendon Hooker, you know, I I was sold. Now of course you know you you know you don't want to take too much in the moment because like you said there are other guys who are maybe a little more polished than Jalen Hyatt. But sure, if if I'm looking at a dog factor, Jalen was a dog, and you know I'm I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried now. Someone's gonna have to guard him. Of course, luckily he's a rookie, so. And maybe Daniel Jones is throwing in the ball, so maybe that's in favor of myself. Right. But, you know, for an Eagles standpoint, you know, hey, Ringo, hey, or Maddox, or Slay, or Bradbury, hey, watch out for Hyatt, because, I mean, don't let them roll behind you. 
I mean, and another thing too is, you, you know, you see, you've seen Dable, you know, take like a Gabriel Davis, right? Who not really a household name and can turn him into that, like very high level number two with the bills. Yes. So, you know, y'all don't be sleeping on Dable. Dable's kind of a mad scientist. And I think he's already proven that he is a lot of the reason behind the success that Buffalo had. As, as being, as being the host of red shirt year, I know Alabama fans will agree with me. They effing hated Dayball. That, <laughs> that I don't know what the deal. You know, every year it was some. It's always something with new offensive coordinators at Alabama. You know, with Lane, you're getting him, giving him hell, but they were scoring points. Dayball, they were giving him hell, but they were scoring points. But yeah, the the piggyback on what you say, yeah, Dayball has been great offensive coordinator. a great, great head coach right now for the Giants. You know, I, I like you said, I see them rising. It just, you know, as always, you know, it depends on how, what ceiling can you get from Daniel Jones? You know, they're yeah. locked in for that four year, 160 mil. So I like, you know, I also, I also like what the Giants did on the defensive side, you know, getting, getting Deontay Banks, cornerback from uh, Maryland, you know, then, right. another, you know, Trey Hawkins, deep at, back at 24th Florida. at that, right? Yeah. Because there were some teams who picked, some other cornerbacks that were ranked lower than him. So yes. getting him at 24 is a great value. And like even even Trey Hawkins, the D, DB from Old Dominion. Now, of course, everyone that watches football, they only watch what happens in the Power Five. Don't let these don't let these little schools guys. Right there with you, bro. Yeah, man. Don't let these Old guys. Dominion got a few dogs on there, like a little oh, yeah. little little Zach Koontz. You know, yeah, hey, hey, I'm I'm a mispronounce, and I'm you know I'm gonna call it. Nah, I ain't gonna say it, man. <laughs> Come on, man. We a family show, man. I know, right? We are a family show. <laughs> Just kidding. If I was Spencer and a single man, I'd go Goodness for it. <laughs> so, but but yeah, I mean, to your point, I mean, e even even looking at like their second pick with John Michael Schmitz, like that's a guy that I wanted the Jets to potentially grab. You know, we ended up getting Tipman, but still, like JMS, he he was he was he was a guy for center. Yeah, I so, was. I was looking for him also in Philly just because, you know, we got Tra not Travis. We got Jason Kelsey up there in age. You know, he could have he said he could have retired after the Eagles Super Bowl back in, you know, 2018. And then every year he's always been on the verge of retiring. But he said he'll run it back with Jalen because he believes in Jalen. So right. I also wanted a, a center too. But we'll wait. We'll wait and see what happens. So then to move to the last team in this uh, in this division before we get into expectations, because uh, I'll be honest with you, I don't really know what they what Washington was thinking with with these picks, man. I look at these first, you know, the three picks, 16, 47, 90, 97, they go cornerback, cornerback center, which, yeah. you know, Ricky Stromberg, like that's not a bad pick necessarily. But man, like was I guess talk to the deep because I feel like the defense has been like more the identity of this commander's uh team for the past few years especially since we'll just say uh since ron rivera has been the coach and you know you you not only did you go 16 emmanuel forbes who again not a bad pick but you know as we just spoke about you had uh deontay banks on the board still yeah no i definitely agree so with this draft class i'm looking at you know i was i was shocked you know that they didn't go quarterback you know losing tyler heineke to you know Atlanta through free agency yeah at times Sam Howell was ranked the number one quarterback in the draft class before he played that last season in North yes. Carolina a lot of slippage 
but I mean, hey, he did he he did grab a dub against the Cowboys at the end of the season. So you know they may want to run it, but I was surprised. You know, hey, you had Hendon Hooker out there. You know, I thought they yeah. could have went. You know, just to see what happened. But like you said, their defense has always been the identity. And I will say, you know, with Forbes, you know, there's a difference between being 170, 160 as a receiver. Right. You know, it's, it's definitely a, a downhill battle if you're 170 trying to tackle anyone on ask dj reed yeah <laughs> more jesus you know like imagine like imagine forbes trying to square up and tackle derrick henry right now no way no no sure. way so um i do like and even though like i said these these could have been position needs for the team and they, you know they're i did i was surprised you know with the with the declining option of you know chase young on the defense i'm surprised they didn't go edge rusher ah. in the first or second round you know, to maybe, you know, hey, come on, Chase, man. Like, bring, we're going to try to get it out of you. But, you know, they did draft an edge rusher in the fifth round with KJ Henry out of Clemson. Um, I was surprised with uh, the Chris Rodriguez draft in round six as a running back. I thought they, I thought the commanders have established a decent running back group with Brian mm -hmm. Robinson and all that. But, I mean, Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky was a dog when he played. Yeah, and and I think you know even with uh, I don't know if you heard this rumor of us or at least us talking about it that the, the Jets were a team that looked at trading up to get Jameer Gibbs uh, in the first round. You know who we would look at and go, you guys have a very solidified running back crew, and I think that that just goes to show you how much like these fourth rounders and third rounders, you know, just they're not valued as much as we think. Like right. it's just kind of a dime a dozen to them, which does play into how we look at running backs but at the same time it, it goes back to a point that i make a lot is why are we wasting talent like this why are you know for instance I, again i'm just going to relate it to what i'm familiar with michael carter who was a third end of the third round pick actually that's not true i think he was the first i think he was a, a very early fourth rounder mm -hmm. um still a very productive running back and you go get Brees, which i get it I never thought Michael Carter was going to be the guy. You go get Breeze, cool. But then you're already talking. You know, you have Bam Knight you drafted and did well. And then you're going and talking about going to get Jameer Gibbs. I mean, the same thing you could look at with the Falcons. You're able to get Tyler Algier, who went over 1,000 yards. Went over and you draft. Say it again? Yeah, no, I'm agreeing with you. He went over 1,000 yards. Someone I didn't know of until, you know, late into the season as a yeah. fantasy addition on my team. And then you go and get Bijan. And you are still have Cordell Patterson. Yeah. It just makes you go like, are we valuing these running backs based on production more than what we're valuing them based on their round they've been drafted in? You know what I mean? Which is strange. Yeah. No, I, I thought it was strange. I thought it was strange that the Falcons drafted Bijan. You know, of course, you know, if you, if they didn't, you know, that would have, I would love to see if how he would have went with Jalen Carter or with Bijan Robinson. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I mean, you know, I yeah, Bijan might have been the fourth best player in this draft, but with running backs in today's age, you know, it's like even look at Austin Eckler. You know, he I'm surprised right. he didn't get traded draft night. You know, because yeah, but yeah, running backs, yeah, it's yeah, but then it comes back. You know, I see those drafts and I come back and I'm like, you know, is it the like Kansas City Chief type of thing where, you know, those years where. It was Pat Mahomes, Kelsey, and and Hill at the time, and then they draft Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and I was like, 
dude, why did you get that? You could have got someone on the defensive side to help you out, but look what they've done. They just they draft more weapons and weapons, and look where they've been. Right. Conference championship, Super Bowl. <laughs> so, hey, rings don't lie, baby. Rings do not lie, yes. So, well, moving into the next part of this, it, give me your realistic expectations, not only for the Eagles, but for this division. How do you think this division is going to play out? And you don't have to give me a record, but you yeah. can maybe just put them in order of where you think things are going to end up and how the yeah. chips are going to fall. Yeah, so I think the, the bias pick, and most people probably would agree, it's going to be probably Philly, Dallas, Giants, and Commanders. I think Commanders... Sure they'll probably be looking for they might be in the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams by not drafting mm-hmm. a quarterback. So we'll see about that or Drake May. But sure. looking at the three teams that went to the playoffs last year, of course, from previous year we were the NFC lease. Now we're all of a sudden the NFC beast all of a sudden. So we'll mm-hmm. um Giants, I you know I Giants I see as a wild card team. Cowboys, it'll be really between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I haven't looked at the Cowboys schedule, but with the Eagles schedule Right now, if I had to grade it, the ceiling for me for the Eagles is 13 and four, but the floor is 10 and seven. Now, really, you say 10 and seven, like, is that a big drop off from 14 and three? Honestly, I don't think so. And I won't think that's because of Jalen Hurts or, you know, but, you know, last year we were lucky with actually like no one getting injured. I mean, Jalen Hurts did for like a game or two, but it didn't mean much. Um, we, you know, we didn't have any injuries, you know, towards the defensive side. Now we don't have, you know, Hargrave cause he's a 49er. We, we didn't really fill a big hole in the linebacker. I know N'Kobe Dean from the third round last year is going to be filling in, but still, right. you know, you're, we're relying on young guys to be, you know, the next, you know, the next mean, <laughs> mean green Philly over here. So, right. you know, injuries could play a role for us on the defense and being inexperience in the linebacker and defensive line maybe defensive tackle let me sure say. so you know 10 and 7 and you know we do we have to play the 49ers we have to play the Chiefs, we have to play the bills we have to play the jets and that's what happens man you know when when your division is you know was as horrible as that one year with the nfc lease they're going to give you a weaker schedule which you saw last year for a moment people were comparing us to that one Pittsburgh Steelers team that was like undefeated for the longest and then lost in round one to the Browns in the playoffs. So, you know, luckily we weren't that we were way better than that because we were in the Super Bowl. But even some people would say that we kind of got an easy road to the Super Bowl playing the Giants, who we beat three times last year, a third string, four string quarterback in the in the 49ers. And then, of course, we we lost to one of the best quarterbacks or the best in the NFL. So, right. Well, I, I would definitely have to agree. I will say this. I do think that we may see the rise a little bit more of the of the Giants. Um, yes. I, I do think that, that D- Dable scares me, bro. Yeah. Like Brian Dable is scary in what he can cook up and having another like him getting weapons like that he hand chooses always scares me. And I think that that you could possibly see like trying to think of like how to maybe like you know those older like what was it oh seven is that the last like giant super bowl team was it oh seven or was it 2000 and um i want to say it was 2000 with um hold up 2000 i was hold up, hold up. I, I remember this actually because i was working at jiffy lube actually when 
the Giants won their last Super Bowl, and that was maybe 2010, 2011 year. So with Mario Manningham, that freaking insane catch. Right. Right. Yeah. So they remind me a lot of that team just because, it, or they could be because of how that team just played. It, it played as a team. And, yeah, and no, I think you could see that kind of a winning way in, in that. Like, it won't be an individual. It'll be a team effort from a coaching step because Tom Coughlin just coached the dog, the wheels off of teams, man. He just mm-hmm. did. It was very good. Let's move forward here now into the AFC East, okay? Yeah, so, yeah I'll, t- I'll take over this one like you did the NFC. So, of course, on. you know, we, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an AFC East fan you know of course i'm on the nfc east but you know you you know you're a jets guy you know hey you just got just got uh i would say ar12 but he changed his number to the cal 8 so we're gonna call him ar8 yeah. sounds kind of cool but you know of course the, the afc east will be a big topic of discussion now with aaron Rodgers with the jets yes. now of course now you'll have a you know i i look at it as a two as a two-team battle with y'all and the um bills of course it could be a three-teamer with the dolphins if you know Tua can stay healthy prior concussions i know we've been seeing a lot of off-season talks that Tua, you know he did and and his press comments admit that he was thinking about retiring he thought about his family and he's he's been working with a i want to hope i hope i'm saying this right i think he's he's been working with a jujitsu coach to learn ways of falling without hitting your head because Right. It seemed like every time Tua got touched, he was rolling and bam, hitting his head on the ground. And you know how the NFL is, even though the technology has been improving each and every year with helmets and ways of not making people get hit in practice. But we'll start with the Bills first, um, because that's who I have on my webpage for the draft class now with the Bills. You know, drafting Dalton Kincaid at the first round. You know, now me, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, at first I was like, why you know why why you know i was thinking you know but as like i said with the whole chiefs thing you know hey you get the best available player on the offensive side and if anyone saw kincaid play against the trojans that's all you needed to see (laughs) because and but i like i like what they did in the third round getting uh, dorian williams the linebacker from tulane that tulane defense was monstrous was tough yeah even though of course usc hung a 40 piece on them they were tough in the aac so and let me uh, tell you something too bro like like mm -hmm. i'll be probably one of the the few outspoken people when it comes to the linebacking the linebacker prospects in this draft Mm -hmm. i think they were drastically underrated and i think you saw that with jack campbell going in the first round you know i know Spencer Spence is one of the ones that said, like, you know, I, I don't like that. I think that's way too high. I don't think that these are first round talents. I disagree. I love linebackers. I like scout linebackers. It's hard to find and it's hard to, to really scout linebackers because let's just be honest, most of these linebackers these days, like they're either a Fred Warner or they're so big that they could be an edge guy, right? They could put their right. hand in the dirt when it comes to the next level, right? You know, some of most of them don't stay there unless you are like a, a you know, I'm not I'm trying to hear CJ Mosley or yeah. uh who's another one? Uh what's what's his name from LSU that plays for the Buccaneers now? His name is uh, Devin White. Devin White. Yeah. De- Devin White, you know, very clear cut what they're going to be. And I think the argument could be made that I mean, you know, I think 
Tulane's boy could have been a second round draft pick. I just yeah. believe that. I, you know, Jack Jack Campbell going in the first round didn't surprise me, but what did surprise me is Drew Sanders going, you know, later than what he did. I thought that I thought you were going to see a run of linebackers in that second round, and, and we just didn't. Yeah, definitely Drew Sanders out of Arkansas. I was yeah, I was shocked, you know, because he, you know, he racked up a ton of tackles. You know, even and then like you said, Jack Campbell. And get, correct me if I'm wrong. He did come out of Iowa, right? Yes, he did. Hawkeye, baby. If anyone knows anything about college football, Iowa plays damn defense. Like they don't play offense. You know, they definitely don't play a lick of offense, but they definitely play defense. And of course, yeah, that Big Ten conference, you know, is kind of kind of bread and butter with running game and defense. But I agree with you. Yeah. Um, now. At 18, maybe is a reach, but it, could I have seen Campbell go maybe like 24 and I'd have been happy with that? Yeah. Sure. You know, another thing, too, I think yeah, I, I had called this on one of our – I don't remember. It was, I think it was the mock, if I'm not mistaken. And I said, you know, I, I like Buffalo to go tight in early in this draft. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I – the reason being is that if you're Buffalo, who are you comparing yourself to? You're comparing yourself to, to Kansas, Kansas City. City. And what do we know about Kansas City? Kansas City wins with what? Their tight end and their quarterback. They do. Yeah. So if I'm Sean, was Sean, Sean McDermott, right? Yes. Sean McDermott, I'm looking at it and I'm going, okay. Because I'm a big believer, and y'all hear me on another episode talk about this, so I won't go in detail. But I think Stephon Diggs is is not the same Stephon Diggs. I think you're gonna you're we're starting to see the regression. That's just me personally. Thank you. And and in that, like, I think it's just. Um, when you have guys that aren't De- DeAndre Hopkins, Devontae Smith, Jay Jet, Jamar Chase, like these are guys that we're going to see first ballot Hall of Famers, period. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs just isn't that guy. He's close. He's in. He's elite, but he's not Hall of Famer. And I think that you start seeing the drop off on those guys a little quicker. That's now, just my hot take. Now, yeah, well, you know, I've always I've always been critical on some of like the league's Hall of Fame criteria. So I think Stefan Diggs will get in just because, you Dang. know. Yeah, it's 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 one yeah, everyone's a little soft when it comes to judging. You know, no one okay. wants their feelings hurt. So I think he'll get in as a Hall of Fame. Now, I won't say first ballot, I won't say that. Okay. But um, you know, looking looking at like you said what the Chiefs do with Travis Kelsey and they I mean, yeah, they had Hill for a couple of those years. But even this past year, it was just Kelsey, a wide receiver by committee, and a running back by committee. Yep. So you're telling me, like, you get Dalton Kincaid right there with Josh Allen. And I would say, I would hope you would agree, the Bills receivers are definitely better than the Chiefs receivers. Oh, absolutely. So you would think, like, this would – and then maybe with a running back of committee for Buffalo, you would think, like, they should be able to – to strive and then be able to just run out the gym. But then again, you know, like last year they were up there. Of course your jets hurt Josh Allen's a little elbow, you know, everyone wants to bring the elbow, but you know, I'm always a believer in the bills. Of course, you know, I used to live in Buffalo for two and a half years and Buffalo fans are the mafia. Yeah, they're um, they're they're itching for that uh, at least Super Bowl appearance because right now they're 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 a little on edge and the ice is melting a little bit. And it, even it though even though they're gonna have a brand new loving stadium, which I love the images I've seen. I love what they're gonna do, but of course I am a big I'm big against you know not making it a dome or making it enclosed because sure. you you eliminate 
the potential factor of having a Super Bowl hosted. Right, right. So. I I believe that what should happen is there should be a step forward with Buffalo, especially with the emergence of hopefully James Cook coming out of his shell a little bit more. Oh, yes. Obviously, Dalton Kincaid, I think, I think another issue that we see is a lot of teams nowadays, what are they trying to prepare for? They're trying to prepare to be able to cover the tight ends. And, and they're still struggling for that because not every team can do that. So I think that you still – there's a vulnerability on defenses for the most part outside of the top, let's say, five. Mm-hmm. Um, and in saying that, I, 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 I will, 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 I guess, uh, follow that up by saying I'm also just not scared of Buffalo. Maybe it's because right. I faced them twice a year, but the fact that Zach Wilson, a Zach Wilson led Jets team, granted a top four defense, but nonetheless, a Zach Wilson led top four defense or Zach Wilson led offense on that side of the ball went into Buffalo and beat them. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, there, I, w- I wouldn't say, I, yeah, I wouldn't say I would be scared of Buffalo. Of course. Yeah. You don't want to be, you know, well, I'll at, say. yeah. So, but at the end of the day, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers now. So you're probably going to have a slinging fight now. Cause like you said, right. you, you beat them once already. So yeah, but- with no quarterback at the caliber and the pedigree as Aaron Rodgers. So the bills, the bills better, better get ready on the defense. I hope, Davius White, you know, is healthy, you know, get to get to cover and receivers like he did back in the day. But right. we'll see what happens. Moving, yeah. we'll move on. We'll move on to the Dolphins, who should have had a first round pick, but had to forfeit it because mm-hmm. of allegations on point shaving and losing games on purpose. Right. I, I'm not getting into that. That's that's <laughs> I, that. If I was a Dolphins fan, I'd be really upset. But Tyler, I'll give you a give you a little nugget for yourself you don't know about me of course you see me always wearing eagle stuff yes i have an eagle super bowl 52 tattoo etc etc but on my left leg i have literally every city of miami sports team on my leg tattooed i have the dolphins i have the heat i have the marlins and i have the hurricanes on my leg so everyone so everyone sees this leg and you know they they question me a lot, but that's all I'm going to say. Of course, I will say I love Tua, Bama boy. So, of course, having the Dolphins tattoo, and I do have a Tua jersey, kind of goes hand in hand. But I will right. say Dolphins only had four picks. You know, they went Cam Smith, cornerback out of South Carolina. You know, definitely thought it was a need losing Byron Jones after he came out and said he, can, he can't even walk, can't even jump. Right. I don't know what's wrong with that man's body. That man was killing the combine the year he was – Right. And now he, he can't jump. That's, that's a little suspicious. I don't know. He may need to go see a doctor. But then, you know, getting um, getting running back out of A&M in the third round. A-chain. Yeah. And then offensive tackle. I'm surprised they didn't go offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. But, of course, they only had four picks. And they could have done that in round two or round three, but they did that in round seven. You know, if you if you want Tua to be there, they did pick up the fifth-year option for Tua. Now, I know everyone doesn't like Tua. I am I am a Tua believer. I mean, you you got to see what he could do when he was on the field all all the time healthy with Waddle and Hill. You know, it reminded me of when he was in Alabama throwing it to Ruggs, Waddle, right. Smith, just a little, hey, man, I'll throw you this little eight-yard slant, 
taking 92 yards of the house. <laughs> yeah, but the, the issue, though, obviously, is just durability. And I'm so big on durability. Like, to me, durability plays way more of a factor when you get to this level. And oh, if you yeah. can't stay on the field, that how number one, how can I pay you? And then also, how can I build a team around you? Because when you get to the quarterback position, we're not talking about, like, building a defense around, you know, a skilled player at that, you know, on that side of the ball. We're talking about your entire franchise being built around this player. Yeah. That's a lot of eggs. A lot of eggs. Now, of course, Miami, they were in the running supposedly for Aaron Rodgers, supposedly with retired Tom Brady. So, you know, you would think, you would think too, has already had enough pressure in his tenure with Miami. Like right. I remember when he got drafted, they compared him to Herbert and then, Maybe Brian Flores and Tua weren't the match in Miami because even when hey Ryan Fitzpatrick was balling in Miami and yes he was yeah hey Ryan Fitzpatrick won me a couple hundred bucks when he used to play man when he was <laughs> so, hey. but, so then you have that and then now with the, the concussion and then now with could have got Aaron Rodgers could have got you know Tom Brady and then even to throw even more fuel on the fire. You know, top prospect quarterback Caleb Williams has announced, you know, Miami is a preferred location he'd like to play. Right. So this is it to him, man. I, I you know, don't get me wrong. I think I, I think you're a top 15 quarterback at least. You know, I'm not looking at a list, but you need to stay healthy like you mentioned, Tyler. You know, one thing that I would have liked to see in the game, they, they picked uh, Cam at 51. What what stopped you from from trading up, right, and going and grabbing a Brian Branch? When you're talking about Byron Jones, like, why would you not have done that? You would have filled a major like hole there, mm -hmm. and you're not moving up a lot. Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think that would have cost him a six rounder? Yeah, they were already drafting. They were already so, drafting six seven, so yeah, you could have so gave him a six next year, you know. And you go up and get get you a fur the, the highest rated safety on the board, arguably. Agree. And so that's, I think they missed out on that. But uh, other than that, I mean, Devin A-Chain, like, I'm not in love with the running back crew with the Dolphins, but sure, you can make a case with me that A-Chain may be a little bit more exciting. You get a little, few more years out of him. But Maybe. do you really need more running backs? Is that yeah. really, like, what's going to be the difference maker when you have so little picks? I mean, you could have taken more offensive line. You didn't take offensive line until the 238th pick in the seventh round. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, and, and if that showed anything to Tua after the line he had last season, right. like, like, hey, man, you better buckle up because you're going to get hit again. It's going to be a long year for Tua. It will be. And then, hey, I, we'll, we'll go to the Patriots now. Everyone, now, I might be the only guy on my own island I am a Mac Jones supporter. Now, of course, this is some Alabama bias. You know, I do believe it was not a fluke that he got to the playoffs his rookie year with a sustainable offensive coordinator. Then last year, the sophomore slump with basically two two guys that have never coached offense in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying Bill O'Brien is going to be Jesus and resurrect Mac, Mac, the Mac Daddy, as I call him. Mac Daddy. But I believe Mac Jones is going to have a better season than last year, obviously. Now, looking at their draft class, now I will say everyone didn't like it because they thought they could have 
gotten a receiver. I do agree. You probably could have got Jalen Hyatt in that third round. Um, but I like the first two picks they got. You know, Christian Gonzalez was mock draft, top 10, falls to 17. Mm-hmm. Even this Keon White. Now, I, I didn't watch a lot of Georgia Tech football. I'm not going to lie to you. But some somehow, some way, he was up there in the first round projection. And then now he fell to, you know, round two at pick 46. Did you see yeah. his... Did you see his face reaction when he got drafted? No. Oh, man, you need to go watch it. Like, he's getting the call, and you just – when you see his face, it just looks like he's going to get cut. Really? By Bill Bill Belichick. I kid you. Really? Look it up. Like, no no tears, no smile, no nothing. I was like, wow. Now, could he have been upset because he thought he could have been a first-round pick and get some, you know, extra money, some dough? Yeah, I'd be upset too. But then at the end of the day, you probably made some money at the NIL of Georgia Tech. You're going to make money with in the NFL. Now, of course, the NFL, not for long league. So, hey, use your money wisely. Don't buy right. no $100,000 chain. Don't need a rolly. Don't, Don't need it. So, but I will say I was surprised with the third-round pick. I will admit I don't think anyone here watches Sacramento State football. No. So I have no idea how Marte Mapu is going to be. I probably said his last name wrong, so I will. But And then questionable picks also in the fourth round. Now, I'm not upset with the two offensive linemen, but you draft a kicker in the fourth round. Yeah, I don't understand that. I really don't get that. I don't even think this guy won, like, the best kicker award in college football. But then, like you said, so then, you know, you look at the fourth round, like, man, you could have got some better talent. I, like I said, I'm okay with the offensive line picks in the fifth round. Right. Now, and then then you look at round six, a unique round. You know, you draft Very unique. John Booty or Boutte Good from value. LSU, which, you know, he was for a longest, he was supposed to be a first-round grade receiver. Mm-hmm. And then whatever happened after the FSU game, it's just he has just not been the same. He dropped a punter in the sixth. See, now drafting a punter in the sixth round, I could get with maybe, but not really. And then, right. of course, hey, Damar Douglas, LU, LU, Liberty. Yeah, I know, right? What is, is this actually? Yeah. Oh, this. It's this. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Blames. Blames. Yes, Blaine's. Hey. Now, DeMar does. Now, I'm not going to lie. You know, he'll definitely be a slot receiver for Mac Jones. Right. He'll probably be a special teams guy, really, in year one. So, and then they end their draft with co- two cornerbacks. So, you know, New England is all around the board. And, you know, if I had to make a critique, maybe you could have drafted a higher value receiver in the earlier rounds. But then, you know, you, if you got boots. Boutte and then you got Douglas and then you got Juju Smith Schuster, you know, I think Mac Jones would be fine. I think Mac Jones would be fine. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely see. I agree with you. I you know, I think I think we're gonna see New England kind of move back to that early two thousands kind of model where they're gonna go just like pounding ground, like in your face defense. Mm-hmm. And then the offense will kind of form its own identity as you know, I think as they are able to to put the pieces there organically, but I think you're going to see them really make a push to add 
like the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think that's what they're good at. I think that's what they built their their dynasty on initially, and you saw what that turned into, right? Obviously, it helps when you find a little diamond in the rough called Tom Brady. That does not hurt your chances. It does not hurt. But, you know, is Mac Jones Tom Brady? Absolutely not. But is no. Mac Jones maybe at the high end, maybe a Jimmy G, Kirk Cousins area? Sure, you can make the argument that he could turn into that, and I don't think they'd be upset at that. No, not at all. Of course, if... I think I wouldn't have been upset with that if Aaron Rodgers didn't come to the Jets. But now with him at the Jets, they might be upset, you know, going nine and eight, which isn't bad, but seeing that you might have to beat Buffalo, Miami, and now the Jets to get to a playoff wild card spot. It's going to be tough. I feel bad for, for Mac Jones, but then again, Hey, Mac Jones just handle your business out there. You know, and let and let everyone else blame the running backs, receivers, and the head coach and the defense. Yeah, yeah just handle your business. So, so go go ahead and move on. Let, let's yeah. get the Jets, man. Go, I mean, yeah, going going and yeah, we're gonna move on to the projected. You know, of course, 2023-2024 Super Bowl champs, the New York Jets. You know, might as well, or as most people say in the athletically declined group chat, the New York Packers. Oh my um, god. I know. I, I, Get that I, evil I, out of here. I, well, I, you say that. I mean, trust me, I'm a Philadelphia Bulldog now. But yeah. But so, so let me walk you through real quick yeah, these picks because I, I, you know, at the surface level, anybody who watched our draft night, you know, like my face when they drafted Will McDonald, I wasn't the happiest. Reason being, we had JSN fall on our lap. And I thought immediately, okay, like this is it. We're taking JSN. But the more I thought about it, okay. JSN is not necessarily the best pick when you've got a crowded receiver room like we do right now because we kind of do right they're hiring Nicole Hardman they've got Corey Davis still you know it's it's not in our best interest to do that so um you know hey Tyler let me let me cut you off real quick I will say this now hopefully our Mr. Fantasy Football Spencer Nolan will give us more insight on this but I'm not gonna lie Y'all's receiving crew is so like deep that I might be worried to draft in, you know, Gary Wilson as my fantasy yeah. receiver because I feel like yeah. he may be the decoy and right. I'm a little worried, but I, I'm I'm gonna need Spencer's insight and experience on that because I swear if I draft Gary Wilson because I saw that he was the offensive rookie of the right, year, right? Yeah, and then now he barely catches any balls because now they all go to Alan right. Lazard and Randall Cobb. Right. No, nah, it's true. But to talk, but speaking on Will McDonald is an athletic freak. And so basically what yeah. we're seeing here is the, is the upside. Obviously production does not meet potential always, but the potential on Will McDonald is your, the dude jumps over cars. Like, do I need to say anything else? Like he, he is a monster. And also too, you got to think Iowa state, who's another great Iowa state prospect that we drafted Brees Hall. Mm-hmm. A guy who is very familiar with who Will McDonald is, not just a character level, because character's a big thing right now with Robert Sala, but mm-hmm. also, too, he faced him in defense, right, in practices. Right. Like, you had to, okay? And then you move on to Joe Tittman, fill a major need that now we've got Connor McGovern that we've signed back. Um, so Joe Tittman, I think, is going to start off taking that position by the end of camp. And then you get another O tackle with Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh. Not a bad pick. And then I think a very underrated pick, which is Israel. And I'm going to butcher this name. Abinaconda from Pittsburgh. 
they're saying he could be a steal. Yeah. Because okay. Because I was just about to ask. I was just about to ask how you felt about because I'm looking. I'm looking at your running back class before, and I'm right. like, why would you go in this direction? Because every other pick, you know, I like the two offensive players in two and four, right. and then you go, you go get defense in the sixth round, and then first round. So I like this draft class, and then of course drum line roll for me for that round seven gronk 2.0 zach Koontz. cronk is how what i've named him cronk all right man we'll see hey matter of fact are your jets gonna get the hard knocks i i think they might and i would not be upset about it because i think if of any year for it to be entertaining this is gonna be a year for it to be very entertaining yeah so I have so going a little sidetrack off of what we had for the hard knocks, you know, either I hope it's either the Jets, I hope it's the Ravens, definitely, because I would love to see some behind the scenes with that. Right. And I can't think of the third one. I just hope it's not like the Vikings. The 49ers would be interesting. 49ers would be interesting, yeah, with um Is that quarterback situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll agree with you. I'll go with three, yeah. But in, I mean, at the end of the day, when you break down like post draft on this AFC East team, I do think, and again, maybe this is biased, but I do think the Jets win this division. I just think they do. I don't think that two is going to hold up. I think that you're going to see Buffalo and New York really battle it out because let me, let me just read you this, like the opponents that we're going to be facing on at home mm-hmm. commanders, Philly, Falcons, uh, Two and Chargers, one. yeah, three and one. Then you've got Kansas City. I'll go three and two. Houston, four and two. Buffalo, Dolphins. Uh, uh, give me, um, give me uh, six and two. Okay, Dolph. Uh, I said Dolphins, and then yeah. uh, Patriots. You can go. Okay, I'll give you seven and two, if not six and three, depending then, on the Buffalo game. Right. So then away you've got Cowboys, Giants, Broncos. I hope you go three and oh, just for my sake. I know. But those are not bad defenses. You know what I mean? Like you no, have yeah. to think, you have to think that the Broncos defense of Sean Payton is going to be better. Oh yeah. Because there's pieces. There's so pieces, yeah. those are not going to be easy. Then you have the Browns, which I'm I I'm pretty sure they're gonna win that. And then you have the Raiders, which I think they win that game. But then home stretch, you have to hit again Buffalo. Dolphins in New England. Yeah. It's so, not an easy road. No. But not, you know, you're saying that in the AFC East. Then let's say you even get off of that road. Then you yes. gotta go through the AFC playoffs, which that could be Lamar, could be Burrow, could be Mahomes, you know, could be, you know, depending on how the Jaguars do, could be Lauren. Right. You know, I'm not, I know everyone praises justin herbert but he hasn't shown me much but you know he could be in the mix so yeah and in but i'm saying all that to end with i would rather be battle tested going into the the afc playoffs than getting an easy schedule because we're going to know exactly who this jets team is by the end of it oh yeah yeah definitely i mean to even start off you know to play like in your in your rec, you know, can't even speak right now. But in your schedule, you're playing the two teams that went to the Super Bowl. Like that's, you know, that that's no. And bo- luckily, they're both at home, so you get that advantage. 
And then, of course, the AFC East is, I think, is tough. You know, I think, I think the Patriots will be in fourth place as a mm-hmm. nine and eight team, maybe an eight and nine. You know, right. but still, a lot of teams would kill to be nine and eight in the second place, but you're not going right. to be nine and eight in second place in the so. East. So, I'll give you. I guess I get. I could. I'll tell you mine. I'm looking at, and you know, you know, before Aaron Rodgers, I had, I had the Jets in fourth, and I had Dolphins. Um, no, no, no. I had, yeah, Jets fourth, Patriots third, Dolphins, and then Bills. But now of Aaron Rodgers into the mix, I'm seeing, I'm seeing Jets, Jets, Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots. But as I mentioned, even in, uh, on my podcast. You know, I see Jets winning the division, but it's got to be like eleven and six. It's got to be. And see, I see you're right there where I'm at. I think twelve games. I think twelve games wins the division. You get twelve games, yeah, you're guaranteed winning. The division. I, I, I just, I, it you, it's got to be higher because of how like how hard these teams play, right? You can't right. count off the Dolphins because it still is Mike McDaniels and he's going to put points up. Like, like we saw it even with uh, Thompson, right? Like they didn't just get whooped every game. Like they were yeah. somewhat competitive. Right. And the same thing against the bills in that playoff game, the same man. So to kind of bring this whole episode home, I think from our perspective on our two teams, I think, Luckily for us, I think we're going to see some success this year. I think with the additions, like from you in the draft, for me from free agency, I think you're going to see more competition. And I think that you, you know, I hope that we see a Jets Philly because we can. We can. Hey, man, it would bleed green in Vegas. Ooh, yeah. Wouldn't that be something, man? That'd be something. Yeah. Try to get tickets to that. That would be really, that'd be wild. But, you know, to get kind of hammer this out, my boy James, I appreciate you being here, man. Oh, of course. You I thank you for knowing. having me on Chasing Rabbits. Yeah, this is like my second appearance. First one was like a mini clip. This one was like a full episode. And yeah. Hey, guess what? My daughter is still asleep, so. I know. Boy, might be pumping something out. I got mine crawling around right now, so. <laughs> It's all hey, but it's all good. And also too, James, go ahead and plug real quick. I know y'all got some big things coming up on on Wild Wild West Sports. Tell the people like what's going to be yes. going on here very very yeah, soon. Yeah, so on the Wild Wild West Sports blog podcast with Spencer Roland Nolan on as Mister Fantasy for Athletically Decline, we'll be having a special guest this Saturday, a live episode eight ten Pacific, ten ten Central Time, and eleven ten East Coast Time for. A, all you guys that may not know the time zone differences. Now we will be having a special guest, a former collegiate baseball pitcher, a relief pitcher, almost broke the Texas Longhorns relief pitcher appearance record. He missed it by two appearances, but hey, he's got he's got a few saves under his belt in the College World Series. He's got he's got a conference title under his belt. Hey, I can't wait to talk to the guy because I used to. I used to, you know, face this guy in little league baseball. He's probably Ooh. the main. He's probably the main reason why I quit little league baseball because <laughs> uh, he just struck me out every time. So, so yeah, we got that going on, yeah. Dude, gonna be great. I'm looking forward to it. I, just a few housekeeping things real quick, so I don't forget, guys. If you haven't, www.athleticallydecline.com. Get your merch. Got Get my merch, merch already. My boy James has his merch on the way. Should be here today, according to UPS. Yeah, I know, man. That, that, there. Texas, that Texas to Oakland uh, 
Trans is taking a little long. I know, man. I know, man. So gonna have that going, guys. We got episode one of of Mr. Fantasy gonna be hitting on Friday. I'm actually working on the edits right now. Monday, we're gonna be having on the mound visit, uh, which that should air on Tuesday. A special interview with Logan Taylor. Uh, played some ball at Texas A&M, then went and played some ball over at the Seattle Manor. Is going to get kind of his insight of what's that like to be a prospect recruiting side of things and what it's like playing through the minors. And then a big, big special guest on Thursday. I'm going to let everybody know this on the roundtable on Monday, but it is big time. It is big. Rabbits. Yes, I've big heard this time. through phone conversation. It is big, yes. It's going to be and crazy. Like, and to piggyback off what you said, you know, course follow athletically decline on all social media yeah. platforms subscribe also to wild wild west subscribe follow us we're dropping videos hope every day mostly every day just getting that promotion out getting your comments getting your feedback on things and also for the special guest episode with us you know we're you know hey, if you get on you got to subscribe and just comment and be able to ask questions so hey mm. people subscribe Come it on. worked well it worked well with athletically decline on their draft special Hey, do that for us. Hey, and I promise I will respond way better than Tyler did. <laughs> he got me. He got me. Okay. There's a chink in the armor. I'm sorry, guys. We're trying to do better over here. I uh, will try. But, guys, we really appreciate it. Again, this has been James West with the Red Shirt Your Wild Wild West Sports. I'm Tyler with, with Chasing Rabbits. This has been the roundtable extras for the week. We hope you enjoy it, guys. We will see you next week. Yes, check us out. Check it out. Have a good week.